to Eternal Love of Spirit podcast with me, Laura Rubio. Stay tuned to learn all about the afterlife, mediumship and different types of healing modalities. You will meet some of today's finest mediums and healers who are leaving the world a little better with their contributions to the field of intuitive arts. I extend you a warm welcome and I thank you for being here. Hi Declan, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? I'm good, thank you so much for coming on, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. I'm glad to be here, thanks very much Laura. Very good, so today we have Declan Flynn, he is from Dublin, Ireland, he is a spiritualist medium, some of his offerings are readings, um, mostly online now, right? Online, yeah. 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 He does public demonstrations of mediumships and he teaches workshops as well. So you're a a whole bag of tricks there, Declan. Yeah, yeah. It is one thing I never wanted to do online teaching or readings years ago, but I was encouraged by a a tutor, uh, Mavis Patilla, that we, part of our assessment, we had to do readings online and be assessed by them. And so that encouraged me to work online, but I love it now. Now, was that before the pandemic? That was, oh, you're going back um, 12 years ago now. Oh, so it was almost like she was, she was clued into what was coming, isn't that mad? Yeah, she was very clued in. During one one session, she said she was going to get someone up to do a demonstration. And in my mind, I went, it's not going to be me. And within a second later, she said, who just thought it's not going to be me? Me sitting up the front. Sheepishly putting up your hand. And I got and I was made to get up. Wow. That's was she your it was first totally teacher? Shooting. Um no, my first year tutor was Kitty Wood back in 2007 in, in the Arthur Finney College. Your first mediumship. Is that yeah? Tell us how you you first got into mediumship. Was it in 2007 or was it before that? 2004. And I if I backtrack a little bit before then, when I was yeah. a child, um, nanny, nanny and granddad I lived with, and granddad died in 92. This is my mom's parents. He died in 92, nanny died in 93. And like I grew up with them every day in my life at that stage. I was um, between seven and eight. But from after granddad died and nanny died, some belonged to me every year, close to me, either family or a close neighbor that was like family died and up to 2000 and I walked away I was Catholic but I walked away from everything spiritual and that I was taught and grown up with so from 2000 I struggled with that as well and call myself an atheist and that caused arguments maybe and clashes so in school I was trying to train as well to be a Eucharistic minister in school and for church services and that and so it was kind of it was a clash but I said you're taking all the good people away from me I can't I can't keep with this so for four years then I was I would have classed myself as atheist and 2004 I I, I studied horticulture from 2001 and did a certificate and then went on to do a degree went to do my work placement in California in 2004 and 
I went over to the States with five other friends as far as Columbus, Ohio. We had to become students of Ohio State University. Then they went off to landscaping in Long Island. And there's me, the first time ever on the other side of the world, traveling by myself, wow. totally freaked out in, in, in that way. I remember sitting in the taxi, this image, this moment outside that Columbus Hotel. I think I'm on my own now. And I went did my work placement and it didn't go as well as I'd hoped it was. There was a clash of ways between myself and the owners and they, we just didn't gel. That's the best way I thought we would, but we didn't. So I, I got to a point where it was very emotionally draining for me and it wasn't good for my mental health. And one night I call it now looking back, it was, um, it's like a, a cry from the soul. It's like we have a dark night of the soul. Um, I may just used to mention that as well before, but that that was my moment on a Tuesday night. And I said, right, Nanny Breda, my cousin, who died in 2000, and who's like a second mother to me, if you're there and you love me, show yourself, because I can't deal with this anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was heartbreaking, like, and... I kept, kept the place spotless. I was living with, the, with those people and, and that I tried to be as friendly as I could. And I kept cleaning that kitchen counter. I kept bleaching it, but the cat kept bringing in dead mice and putting it back on the counter. So I kept bleaching it and it still wasn't clean enough for, for them. Um, so it was that type of mindset and other little bits. So, yeah. And anytime I had a good day out, I felt like, oh, let's ruin Declan's day. And, and the evening time so it was that mindset I was going into so I made this call out and on the Tuesday night on the Saturday night I was the only one on a 15 acre property like there's nearest neighbours like a good bit up the road I got off the phone to my mother it was half 10 at night over in California so it was half 6 in the morning in, in Dublin and I hung up to my hung up the phone got into bed, light off, and as clear as I can hear you speak, Laura, I heard Declan. Now, you can imagine me on a property by myself, and I'm hearing a voice (laughs) objectively in my bedroom. Like, my bedroom was, like, only a mezzanine level, so, like, is there someone after getting into the house? Like, that was... That was my thinking. Well, split moment thinking. But, like, it was, like, head out from underneath the duvet put the light back on beside me phoned my mother and she said you're half awake and you're half asleep in fact like you're hearing your dreams it's like go back to sleep I'm like she didn't know what to say so as I say it was like a stereotypical Irish manly thing just make something up and brush it off a little bit yeah so I did that duvet back over the head and then I got another phone call from my mother five minutes later and mom said I'm having uh, a weird conversation with your sister. My sister, Yvonne, was asleep at the first time I phoned man back to say that that was after happening. So this mm-hmm. would have that would have been our second phone call. So this is our third phone call. And she said, I couldn't wake Yvonne up for when we were chatting the first time. And she was just in a deep sleep. So but after we hung up at the second time, Yvonne got up and said to mom, I'm after having a weird dream of Breda. Dad's after collecting her from Dublin Airport. She said she's been to California, left Declan a message. He understands. 
so for me that was like uh, she doesn't know what's just happened like you have mm-hmm. mom nearly scalded herself with a cup of tea that was in her hand <laughs> and um so they were both shocked with that and it, it confirmed then what had just happened was real yeah. so it showed me then the intelligence of spirit to do that in california at the exact same time with someone now he did that with me conscious but did that with yvonne unconscious in dublin mm-hmm. to confirm what they'd just done in that experiment that was your evidence that, right there. And that's evidence straight away. Like, there's what's the chance that that's going to happen that exact moment? And that's mm-hmm. two, three minutes. And that, like, they did that on purpose. Like, when I heard that voice coming through, it wasn't Breda's voice exactly. It was like an amalgamation of tones. Mm-hmm. It sounds like my friend Stephen, who's alive, um, not and still very much is, but it sounded a little bit like his tone, someone else's tone. It was just, it was Declan. And yeah, so that's why I freaked out. And I'm sitting up in the bed, kind of, do I go back asleep or not? What's this is so surreal. But I'd already booked to come home just before this happened. I was supposed to be in California for eight months. And I booked and to come back and work in the garden centre in Dublin and um but i also got a chance to book in with a, a medium uh, as well and so th- this happened well within a couple of weeks of me booking the, the medium saying that like dark night of the soul and then i i flew back from america on independence day it's like i got my independence back <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> but like it, 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 it was an interesting experience. Uh, things rang true, what I felt and impressions as well. So there was an awakening that was happening. And um, so I came back and I went to the reading. Yes, the, the medium was in an, a, an old neighbor's house who'd moved to another part not far from where we're from. But she didn't know I'd just been in California or traveling or anything like that. So she wasn't, there's nothing he she could say to him. Right. Me and Mam went for reading, but we went between. Or she went in. I went in, and then, uh, uh, then another person went in, and then my mother went in. But the medium didn't know that we were connected as well. Okay. Before my reading, I said to Mam, "I don't know why I'm saying this, but Brida won't come to me, but she'll come to you." And in my mind, I said, "I said whoever's anyone listening." tell them about the pains on my shoulders. So I just mental thought out, if someone in spirit is listening to me, if this is all real, tell them something about my shoulders because my pains and aches from carrying all my luggage and everything else, so they're only back about a week or so. So mm-hmm. Grant went into for the reading and he picked up on a couple of things and said, yeah, yeah, talked about America and and the way the situation went, okay. So Catherine, that we were in for our house, she knew nothing about what happened. She wouldn't know those details. Okay, so he's getting mm-hmm. this from somewhere. And then he talked about healing and Reiki, and he had to, he wouldn't normally do this, but he brought a book with him that day, Jack Angelo's Your Healing Power, and he had to show it to someone. Turned out it was me. Oh. And then it talked about other little bits. And then Breeder just popped in for a moment she confirmed what happened in America 
and that with regards herself. And then, yeah, everything went great. And I actually ended up doing Reiki one and two with him over a period of time. But I went to, when I went to leave the room, he said to me, oh, by the way, why is there someone pointing at your shoulders? So that was my test. Wow, they passed. That was a test and a pass. You passed exactly. I say you, you confirmed other things and that yeah, you couldn't have possibly known. But that was my test just before I came into the room. Wow. So, so that was life changing almost, wasn't it? That, that, was, that was one moment again. Like that was another box ticked to confirm there's something going on here. Yeah. Pivotal well. point. Yeah. And then... The other person went in and then Mam went in and he kept pulling cards out. And then he recognized that Mam's my mother because you talk, kept pulling the cards for his son, his psychic. And that, so she said, you're Declan's mother. Yeah. But then Brida came to her and spent the whole reading with her going back to things that happened to my mother when she was a child. And that about Mam getting a tooth pulled and she was hungry after getting the tooth pulled. So Brida got her a bag of chips and made her just suck on the chips coming home. And he <laughs> talked about that. Wow. Like that's going back like 40 years, 50 years and that. Only 40 that... years at that point. Yeah. So and like it can't be found online, those kind no, of memories. No. Like, these are just like I wasn't even fully aware of anything like that. Right. So, like there's nothing took out from me. Um and then other bits as well he talked about and uh, he kept when he, when man walked into the room, just my mother being my mother, uh, in her ways, she said, You're a very warm person. I'm like, man thinking it's the middle of summer, it is warm. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> no, like we're warm, like energy and yeah. and mom is very empathetic in that as well. And she does stuff in the community and she does help people as much as she so he picked up on that straight away. Right, but like right. that was like another box ticked again. Okay, I need to explore this and see. And as I said, I did Reiki one with him not long after, and then I gave it a period of time and did Reiki two. But so that was two thousand and four. So I didn't know what exactly mediumship was, how it works. So I did the usual that everyone does: you grab a few crystals, you get a few meditation CDs chakra meditations and um doing these lying on bed usually which particular chakra meditation i forget what exactly the the, the name of the cd was but I'd, I'd feel as if i'm floating the etheric body just coming out and it's like this type of feeling so my hand is like coming out of the skin and coming up mm-hmm. so we'd have experiences when i'm trying to explore this i'm lying back the breathing is going nice and shallow and be nice and restful and feeling the float in nature. Mom and dad opened my bedroom door because I'm in darkness doing this. And the light just comes in from the room, from the landing. I'm aware of it, but I'm ignoring it. Is he dead or alive? I can't see him breathing. <laughs> and I just felt boom, boom, back, back into the body, kind of like shock. <laughs> so, but it was lovely, oh. soft feeling. But we had those moments and, um, there was another evening where my bed, I, I'm a gardener, I know, but like I don't like to be surrounded by butterflies. I don't like it like too much. And not one night flying about. And when we moved into the house here, like Christmas time, there was um, butterflies kept appearing. Admir- Admiral butterflies just kept appearing at like a wrong time of year, but yeah, they were there. Christmas. Yeah. Oh. But like we opened my bedroom door one night 
And my room was filled with butterflies and mm-hmm. large moths. And like, mm-hmm. it wasn't just me seeing it because I got my mother to look in and she'd seen them and like thinking, what do we do? What do we do? Said, we, 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 we'll ask Rita's husband to get them. <laughs> but we opened the door again and they were all gone. So if you look at it in a spiritual sense, butterflies signify transformation, growth. Yeah. So how my whole development, things have happened quickly and without me even trying at times. So I know there's a purpose behind it. It's not being fully explained to me, but I know there's a purpose behind it. So I started doing mini little readings, like angel cards, the usual type of thing to try to get my head around it and getting impressions. Am I right or wrong? Is it me making it up? And that. And that's why a lot of people are beginners go through that. And mm-hmm. There's a lot of it is you to begin with as well. You need to work through your own mental garbage of what you're picking up and the random imagery and that type of thing. But Going on from there, 2006, I, I went to my first mediumship demonstration and Mar- Margaret Ferdman was the name of the lady in Talat okay. uh, as well. In I know Talib? just before we start recording, we we're talking about connections with Talat in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And I went to a demonstration there and was like, I asked beforehand at the, at the desk, is she taking any questions? Because like, I don't know who to talk to on that. Mm-hmm. And... I was, well, I was told bluntly, no, she's not. So she did her demonstration for two hours. And at the very end, she said, any questions? 200 people in the room and nobody's putting up their hand. So who put her up first? <laughs> Misha, me. And um, so I asked, like, I'm exploring this. So I don't know what I'm really doing or that. And then she was straight away linked in and got me mom's uh, mother true and nanny that I lived with came true and I have your mother's mother here and she's described her and she's telling me you must go to Arthur Finley College have you heard of it and that the Meadship College in Stansted and mm-hmm. I said no but I like I'll look into it and I don't remember her saying the next bit but she reminded me a long time later she told me that a day will come where we will share the platform together now, she, she said that, and that's, that was 2006, and I'm just skipping over a lot of stuff, but 2011, uh, between 2010 or 2011, somewhere between 2006 and 2011, I shared the platform with her, with her church in real in Wales. I was invited over to work in the church, and we worked together. I have one or two photographs of me that's on somewhere on Facebook where we worked together on that. And then I got her over to Dublin at one point, probably around 2011, 2012, and we demonstrated here then. Oh. So that's kind of completed that cycle, yeah, kind of prophecy sure. in that way. Wow. And she's since passed away probably a couple of years after that. Okay. Um, but she was very on 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 the mark with everything. Point. Well, was she yeah. Irish or, or Welsh? Welsh. She was Welsh. Um, okay. And then I'm Welsh. Someone says me English. Maybe I'm wrong. It's she's British anyway. Right. Um, and we ended up doing a, a TV show at one point where we were both being interviewed by Vogue Williams, and. Vogue said 
to me during the interview, only two people got particular information in regards to her father and it was myself and Margaret. I didn't know Margaret was doing it. And that oh. so it's just um so I know Margaret would have had connections, if I remember right, with um oh there's a singer in from Dublin that uh that she was connected with and that's how she would have gotten connections I think with Vogue or whatever in that way or okay. the production crowd would have known her that way but going right. back we did that demonstration she went to that demonstration she told me how to be doing these things and then for my birthday the following year I said I just picked a course and Stansted no, sorry mm-hmm. I'm sorry that like sorry I skipped over I did my first weekend in Stansted the following January and I didn't know what I was doing and I was 70 people in the room. I was sitting nice and comfortable at the window looking out the lovely gardens. I took my shoes off. I was very relaxed. And then the tutor <laughs> says, a young man, get up here and do a demonstration. I think I'm, I had no notion what I'm doing. And uh, 70 people in the room Just... of mediums uh, probably have a, a lot more experience than me. Oh, my gosh. And, did a demonstration, Michael, car crash, blah, blah, I got three people, four people could take it, and then eventually got it down to one. But that was that was the Friday evening. By the Sunday, um, this was Kitty Wood that, that I was with. By the, sun, by, the, um, by the Sunday, I did a demonstration in our class of, say, 10 people, and I was seeing water in front of me. I've seen a house. I was seeing... And I couldn't put it all together. Why am I seeing a boat and a house and water? Well, the person coming through lived on a riverboat. And I was seeing a metal float floating in front of me. Like, I'm very objectively seeing these things float and that. So, and the person coming through was uh, like an athlete and awards and that type of thing. So I got a lot there very objectively. But what spirit did was now you know you can see us. Now we're taking that away, and now you can work <laughs> for it. Because I didn't get that 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 level of clairvoyance for another ten years. <laughs> it took time to build that back uh, up again. So like we have you carrot and stick, and now you now you know we're here. You have to work for it. You so thought you were I, this big uh, hot deal and then it just disappeared. I should have moments where I was doing like a couple of years later when I had my own little centre where I did a, a demonstration. And I remember like you only fit about 15, 20 people in the room, very tightly compact. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember seeing a gentleman stand beside his wife, a gentleman in spirit and the open collar shirt. And he had a dog under a little terrier underneath his arm and inside I'm going, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can see this. I can see it. And there externally, I'm trying to go, you're supposed to see this. You're supposed to. <laughs> That's the whole yeah. point. People are here. Um, but I remember those moments. And mm-hmm. so there was like ebb and flow with your mediumship development. There will be an ebb and flow where you'll have these highs and things are very, your energy is just right. And you'll see a lot clearer, or feel or hear crystal clear. And then other times it's very weak and you have to work on it as well. So you'll have these ebbs and flows. Why do you think that is? It's well, it's just like a cycle in life. Like we all have different cycles, hormone cycles, energy cycles, natural process of highs and lows. And 
the way I, I instruct people when I'm teaching, like uh, they're in, in person workshops or online workshops, it's like same principle is that with energy, say my clairvoyance is strong today and that's my best energy center to work from. So if that's here and my clairsentience is here and my clairaudience is down here, well, then I want to work on my clairaudience to bring that up to the same level and then bring the clairsentience up so we're all at the, each one is at the same level, then the clairvoyance then might go stay stagnant a little bit and the clairsentience might shoot up that little bit more. But that way, it's like you're working on that and building that one factor up, that one discipline. Then, and then you want to be more intrigued to feel that presence that more clearly as well. So that's where I found over the years the cycles in sensitivity yeah. that as well. But like you have some interesting experiences go along the way. You explore different avenues, not just evidential mediumship, trans mediumship, healing, physical mediumship. And that wow. it's tell I us, love it tell all. us trans. Do you do trans? Well, that's that's the that's the thing. In my first week course I did, like after that weekend, the following November, I booked a course. And I was over in England about a month beforehand, and I went to a development circle. And then there was this English lady there, very grand. What's that? Just a very grand tone to her voice, very rich, very regal way about her. And she said to me, have you ever set for trance, my dear? And I'm going, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I booked a course for the week of my birthday. <laughs> and that, because that was, the, that was the course that was on that week, at the end right. of November. And I went to the, the transmediatrip course and by the I followed the instructions of the tutors and that, and um, I was told that I wasn't a medium by a tutor, unfortunately, because I was really? a tutor because I was Irish. So, what? yes, but I think spirit turned everything on its head when by the third day they had me doing a trans demonstration for the class and my guy wouldn't stop talking. He went on for half an hour and wouldn't, he had to be asked to, to stop. But my persona completely changed, changes when Sean came through. Energy changes, the presence change. And that was only a very early stage for me. And that, uh, but it's something I felt very comfortable with as well to let that shroud of spirit come close to me. And I didn't know exactly what was happening, but I just went with it. So I'm a nosy, I always say I'm a nosy medium. I want to know more. I want to be observing what goes on. And that's like when they investigate and know and feel and see. But with trance, that's where, and that's where evidential mediumship, you're in active state of work. And obviously with trance work and healing work, you're in a passive state. So you need to surrender. Mm -hmm. And, but to the level you can allow yourself to surrender, will it curtail that connection and the depth that it goes to as well. Um, so for we start doing that, and that became my passion. Like most mediums who start off doing evidential mediumship, I started off doing trance and went down that road. And the evidential mediumship came as a result as well. Um, and I started doing readings and practicing. And then a couple of years later, I started doing the demonstrations and um because like my first mediumship demonstration was in Dublin 
by myself and the other medium fell sick. So I had two hours, my first demonstration to do. Not 10 oh minutes, goodness. two hours. If anyone's a student, they know how daunting that could be. Yeah, I was happy to do like a five minute link in the college. <laughs> now I had two hours to fill in. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's crazy. And all I remember, you see these things and they witness other things as you work, was columns of white light in the room. I remember that very vividly. They were being placed around the room. And I asked her what they were beforehand. There were energetic points to sustain the atmosphere and the space to allow me to work with clarity. Like I was blown away at how the clarity of the evening, of course, I got a few little bits wrong, only natural and that. But majority of it went pretty well. And the, the uh, president of that organization was surprised that that was my first, demonst- first public demonstration. I think, okay, okay. And like, and I remember getting a headache afterwards and that major headache afterwards. And the only thing that would help get rid of it was chocolate. <laughs> Tell me about the trance states with the mediumship states. Are, is there any way you're in a trance state or they're completely different? Well, when you're working with mental mediumship and given a reading or a demonstration, you are in an altered state, but you're in an active alter state of awareness. So you're engaged with it as well. You're engaged with the people in front of you, either your sitter or your audience as well. But you're very much tuned into that side. So I would feel and be aware of, as I call like the, the spirit shuffle, I'm aware of different communicators moving about around me. And one would communicate a bit more easier than the other. And I've gone to watch demonstration. Remember one of my first demonstrations to go to with Tony Stockwell and seeing a line of spirit people queue up behind him, ready to take the connection Amazing. on both sides. And like they were filling the stage then. This is the, the, the Helix in Dublin and in, in Dublin City University. And so that was an auditorium of 1,500 people. So you imagine the spirit that was there as well. Crazy. So seeing that happen and then feeling that happening with myself, so you're aware of that on the, on the end, evidential mediumship. If I do a reading, and that I'm sitting here and I've I've robbed Tony's method of doing this, that you have mm-hmm. a welcome mat for spirit. So there's one area to my side. I'm aware that's where spirit stands. So when I'm communicating with spirits, like you're the person I'm reading for. But in my mind, I'm going over here, listening to the person this way that's communicating with me. And I'm going back to you. But when I'm in the altered state for trance work, I'm surrendering. I'm trying to shrink myself down. Or um, Spirit used to say, uh, said to me that, that we need you out of your mind. So if I'm out of my mind, they can be more present. So then we experimented, instead of me going shrinking down and reducing my interaction in that way, I'd visualize myself standing up from the physical shell and standing to one side. And we've done experiments and workshops where I'd be in the altered state because Albert, like Sean was the main communicator and then Albert would come, over, come, come through and he'd be the teacher then. Funny thing with that was Albert found difficulty to blend with me to begin with. So Sean used to come in first because he was so used to blending with me and he like a, be like a bridge for Albert to link in on. And then once Albert had the connection, Sean moved away. But then eventually that wasn't needed. 
So, but with that blend and bridging, I coined my own little phrase, copy and paste mediumship. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was copying his energy in to chance Uh to hold that connection with me and then move on. So, but that's... Go ahead. So let me, before you go on there, I have, um, I'm really intrigued by this. So how did you get to that stage where you, you could just blend with them? I know it was hard with Albert, but say for Sean, did you sit every day? Did you have a I circle? To, I, I sat the first, I'd never had a circle to sit with um, for the first, until I had my, I opened my own proper center for a year in 2011. So when I started my mediumship and, and going to the Ark of Finley in 2007, for four years, I never had a circle. It was just me mm-hmm. sitting at home. Me sitting, even for trance, to just let the energy build. Okay. And that. And when I, sorry, when I did that first workshop, that week course, and the trance happened so quickly, what Spirit said was that trance energy had been sitting unused for 24 years. And it was like, that's why it happened so quick, because it was all straight away. The battery reserve was used, but then I had to build it up again. I, had to, right. I, I say I had to plug back into the spiritual national grid <laughs> and top it back top of the battery reserves in the auric field. Mm-hmm. But building that up, sitting 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour and um, using like shamanic music, drums, panpipe music. Um, chanting like Tibetan, the Buddhist chants and um, peace and chants, that type of thing. Then as well, Native American drumming, that type of thing to help build the energy up then too. And it's a nice, slow, passive way of doing it and try to surrender to that. So if the guts of four years, my trans development was just me and spirit. It's when we moved to have my, when, when I had the opportunity to have a circle uh, for a year, every Monday night, for eight at eight o'clock till 10 o'clock usually sometimes we went to 11 we sat in trance in a physical circle and we like every week i wasn't allowed to have caffeine beforehand because i kept the mind too alert i had to get into a passive state i wasn't even allowed um any any soft drinks with caffeine in it because i'd be too active i wasn't allowed to eat an hour beforehand as well so I have to use the bring dinner to have with me after the session and that because I've been more how did beforehand. you how did you know all this sorry was it spirit who dictated spirit. this or a, spirit oh, I would have heard bits from other mediums as well but this is what oh. they wanted that me to do that be conducive to me so right. so in the first four years every time I went to Arthur Finney College I treated every hour and a half class as my week circle. So that I got like six month circle within a week of sitting like right. four or five times a day and that and doing development. So that was like my weekly session. That's why I mentally looked at it mm-hmm. as well. And the early days, it was a lot cheaper to go to Arthur Finley College. Like one year I went four times. It was only like 250 pounds. Now it's about a thousand euro to go right. for a week. So it's just not, and I haven't been for 10 years now, but I've been there 14, 15 times, loved my experiences that are there and learned a lot. And what I try to do when I'm teaching is bring what I've learned there into my work as I'm teaching as well too. 
But with that trance work, then just sitting and building and using the energy of music that I was, I felt appropriate. But like it wasn't all chance and that. I use Black Eyed Peas. I use Enya. I use songs that relate to me as well. Like I'm going to use songs now um, that we used in our wedding because of that emotion behind it, the power behind it, that's ex- the significance behind it as well. I love and that. The singer that we had. And our, the way she sung it, it was just the power behind Andre Bocelli singing on the prayer. Um, she sung Now We Are Free from Gladiator, which was our entrance song, a song for our first date. So all these things have power behind it because of that emotional attachment as well. So that'll help bring the vibration up that eventually when I have a cabin in the woods, <laughs> a part of our woodland, <laughs> Because you imagine Dave, and I want to be respect for David as well. I don't want to be doing physical seances in the house right. and that. But during that, before I had my center, I did do, for the year before I had my center, I did do seances at home in mom and dad's. We we're lucky enough, we had right. two sitting rooms, but I had to black out the room. So there was a blackout, there was blackout material on the windows. The air vent was covered. The door frames were covered to make sure light was coming through. I sat in a toilet tent for a seance cabinet. We started off in the room with a small table that everyone put their hands on. It's like table tip, children, tipping. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the table started moving. But then we were told to graduate away from that. Everyone hold hands, leave the table in the middle of the room. And for two sessions in May 2010, that table, 2010 or 2011, uh, that table moved a meter and a half across the room with nobody touching it. Mm-hmm. And then we graduated, graduated up to a heavier, bigger table, an aluminium table. And uh, Sean said at the end of the demonstration, would you like to finish with a bang? And everyone went, yes, please. The aluminium table legs were snapped. Oh I kept saying I can't keep buying expensive tables. I <laughs> keep buying cheap tables. It's just the energy was building so much. These physical things were able to be done. And then when we're set then on the Monday night for every year, we had things happen and we had little bells in the room. Everyone's holding hands. Um, I'm cable tied arms and feet to the chair so I can't move. And um things will levitate and drop and move about um so there was another communicator would come through johnny and he does all the phenomenon as a part of the seance and that's his discipline and within that one of my sitters uh, paddy was joking about you know, uh levitating him in the chair and then one night he felt the feet of his chair coming up like an inch off the floor Oh my God. And then going back down again. So we had these things in the table then. This is the funny bit. Uh, Paddy bought and Helen bought Johnny a trophy, a, da- a, a, a trophy that they got engraved. Johnny Irish dancing champion. Because mm-hmm. when we had the table moving in the middle of the room, this was a good, decent sized, heavy table. And um, it used to move to the rhythm of the music of river dance. 
So that loftiness at the start and the table would glide and creak and everything else. And then when it goes into the diddly eye music, the table went bang, 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 bang. And no one's physically touching it. Everyone's accounted for. They're all holding hands around the room. I'm tied into a chair. I'm missing out on all this because I'm sitting in the seance cabinet as well. And I gave out one night of um, not being able to witness it. So they allowed me then to come out of trance one night and the table, which was upside, because the table used to go upside down and back up as well. So I never knew how they managed it, but it was upside down this particular night. And this was a heavy walnut table. And the table continued to glide across the floor with nobody touching it. So it's just so I could witness it. So is this... Only when you do these seances, are they only with the same people or do you invite others yeah. in? So when I set for the year, it was pretty much, I had a set maybe of 10 people, 12 people, but every week, and they were the only ones that were invited in by Albert. And so even if I'm spirit, Albert used to say, if your name's not down on my list, they're not coming in. So like my family members and spirit couldn't come in because if you think mm-hmm. about it, if, this, if they're trying to do a certain aspect and that energy that they bring isn't conducive to the experiments that they're trying to do, they won't invite them in. So we, used, we had set off with about six to eight people in the seance room. Then we had a few others, maybe on standby, shall we say, that someone else couldn't come in. We invited and there are a couple of visitors in or I had a couple of friends over from the States and Albert gave him permission to join us in to witness that our friend over from England and that, that I'd know and trust very well to come in. Because when you're in a trance state, the medium is in a sensitive state where the seance circle leader um, is the one that has to take control and everyone else has to take lead of what the seance uh, the circle leader is saying. Because what spirit do, they'll whisper to the circle leader what they're trying to do or what we're going to do next and they have to relay everything you never mention the medium's name but you relate the medium you, you, other people can say to the circle leader oh i'm aware of this happening with the medium i'm aware of that in the room that type of thing and it's all done like like a chairperson pretty much yeah. that everything's direct through the chair okay. so you have all these type of d- dynamics happening at that point but it, it is an interesting experience to to witness and i've seen a hand nectoplasmic hand develop from a medium Stuart alexander and he said his guide said to me beforehand would you like to shake the hand of a dead man <laughs> yeah okay that's what i'm here for uh, and but the funny thing was i i had this conversation with a friend that brought me there in, in hull in yorkshire and he, when his first time he went, this is what happened as well. But I seen the clear ectoplasm because it was in red light in the room. There was a red light, a table with a glass top and a red light underneath it between me and the medium. This heat haze built around the solar plexus. Then this mist formed and then just kept growing out and it kept condensing down like a stump that was coming across. And then the knuckles formed and the fingers formed shook hands with me, tapped me on the back of the hand and then dematerialized back. Did it I feel could see solid? the mediums. Yeah, I could see the medium's hands cable tied at the whole time. 
and, and the medium's then, unconscious? Unconscious. But the interesting thing was the medium during another part of the demonstration had a seance trumpet. I've just seen, I have mine in the shed. We're just tied in the shed earlier on and I have mine over there. But he had a trumpet and actually maybe two trumpets in the room. And at one point they were coming around a spirit trumpet that spirit would speak through. They form like a voice box in them and using them like megaphones, basically. But And they're connected again with ectoplasm, usually from the base of the medium's um, brain, brainstem. And that the mandula of Langata around here, and then the trumpets are going around. But at one point, the trumpets were moving about, and Stuart came out of trance and spoke to us as Stuart. And these trumpets were still moving. And that so you can have depends on what way it worked. Like Leslie Flint as well had different experiences and that. And it'd be him speaking, but there'd be a voice box, an ectoplasmic voice box on his shoulder and I've heard stories of that there has been photographs as well but so some things I've just known from researching and speaking to other people and that obviously I haven't been there and witnessed myself yeah but um so like there's so many aspects of mediumship to explore I never intended to go down that particular road and I've it just happened there's a, a little side story I know of, of a story where a medium kept going to a spiritualist church in somewhere in the UK and the, her husband wanted to know where she was going all the time and like why she keep going to this every week. And he was a police officer. So he started investigating then as well. <laughs> and he went to one of these meetings and mm-hmm. they were doing like the seance work to one side of the room. He sat at the back of the room. And then all of a sudden, like the meeting was over and he wanted to know what happened. He felt he thought he fell asleep. He ended up being the medium <laughs> that they were all waiting for because he went into the altered state. And that so um, that means it can happen spontaneously to anyone or they have to have something within their makeup? With, with physical mediumship, physical mediums are born and that okay. um, and that it's a rare form of mediumship. Maybe with transmediumship, you be able to form, and I'm sure with the work they're trying to do now with more energetic qualities of, of, of physical rather than the ectoplasm, because the ectoplasmic way can be have a little bit more damaging to the medium and only the medium that's working if the environment is not treated respectfully and that, because all that energy has to go back straight into the medium very quickly and that and it can injure the mediums connected to mediums nervous system and everything else so um like it, with Stuart's uh, demonstration if i asked which i forgot to because in awe i could have seen if i could check if there was a pulse in that hand because the pulse either was of the medium or of the spirit person and that mm-hmm. but it's, it's still connected to the medium so more likely it was the medium's pulse that was feeling through that if, if i got it but um, to going down the road of more energetic quality as well and making it more, more let's say, pleasant maybe or more comfortable for the medium. And what Spirit had said, it'd be lovely to have this in my lifetime, but probably it'd be several generations of mediums that would need to happen and experiment with. If we're able to develop circles where mediums can build the power up, and build it to a point where the energetic quality becomes so strong that medium or not medium, because in the physical demonstration, if the spirit person materializes in the room 
and they're there physically, medium or not medium, will see that person. If they were able to use a light, the face could be seen. But if they turn to one side, it literally just could be the front of the face. And there's no back of a head or there's no legs. It could be just some torso up. It could be just some chest up and nothing else there. But in the energetic quality, if the auric field of that circle was strong enough, and, or, and particularly just with the medium that they're building with is strong enough, Imagine doing a public demonstration of mediumship where the medium's energy is so strong that medium or not medium, Let's see. everyone in the room would see the spirit person stand almost like a silhouette in that medium's aura. Has that ever been done to your knowledge? I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's what spirit has talked to me about and they have mentioned that for many years. Right. Um, and as I said, I'm a reluctant sitter myself. So like, but my I do things my own way, meditative ways and communicate with spirit and my development still happens and occurs and it, it takes big jumps still without, sometimes without me trying. It's just right. things happen, life just, events, emotional freedom happen and it explodes again. Yeah. Um, so with that happen, that'd be an amazing way to show. It's like going to a cinema and your loved ones walk up the screen. Mm-hmm. That type of thing is a potential that could happen, but it mm-hmm. takes time and dedication to do that. And we all live a busy lives now. So mm-hmm. where do we get the time to do that? Now I'm living more in the countryside and there's less, I know I have plenty of friends in that in Dublin, but, and we have literally have friends. So if you move down to County Wexford, two hours from Dublin and, What's the chances moving this far down? And we have two good friends that literally live around the corner and that oh. a five-minute walk away. But like nice. it's gonna be a quieter pace of life. So I'm looking forward to getting back into development. I spent the first 10 years, I spent all my 20s looking into mediumship development. It was when I was doing a mediumship at develop at work at demonstration in Galway in 2011 that I came to a realization I had to come out of the closet and admit I was gay and I lost connection with spirit because I had to experience this change that was occurring physically mentally emotionally with me that I had to surrender because spirit kept saying surrender to spirit surrender to spirit and thinking I'm doing my workshops I'm attending workshops I'm working them demonstrate what more do you need surrender Mm -hmm. to my spirit surrender oh, to me and but they've used that analogy as well when i'm teaching to surrender your spirit to miss i'm a medium you're coming out of the mediumship closet not the gay closet mm-hmm. and that because you're admitting you're standing in your power you're yeah. you're you're standing in your presence and that and admitting to yourself this is me so like you have the song from great and um, the greatest showman this is me. This is what we're talking about. And um, so and, and songs like that have got a, a big way of reflecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like when I do my seances, I also use Black Eyed Peas, Meet Me Halfway, because that's what we're trying to do. Okay. We're trying to meet them halfway. And I've got a feeling tonight's going to be a good night. We used to sing that in seances. And that just really, and my, my sorry, my, Seance room was below apartments. Could you imagine what they thought we were doing every Monday night? Like having a rave <laughs> <laughs> and the table banging and going to river dance every I Monday night. I have imagine. by Nappy. 
But mm-hmm. using music like that and admitting to yourself then that this is me, this is, but it showed me then every time we went through an emotional shift, then the mediumship grew. So okay. when you go through trials and tribulations in life, you find new strengths being yourself. So as part of my philosophy I, that Spirit teach with me is that we're a student and a teacher. So we're the student to begin with, but then we go through an experience and it's difficult, it's torturous at times, but then you, you got past that. So then you become the teacher to someone else. Yeah. And we're always doing this snowball effect and it's getting bigger and we, then we can have bigger challenges then too. And, and that. so I spent all my twenties just looking at mediumship development and, and that there was no dating for me, everything else. Because when do I say to someone that, I see dead people. <laughs> and that, no how, is that, how is that going to work? And so I used to, on a first date, so, oh, do you like to film The Sixth Sense? <laughs> and test the waters there. But, yeah. it, it's, but it's again, it's about being honor, honoring yourself. That's a big part of this. It's part of your spiritual growth, not necessarily a mediumship development, but your own spiritual growth. That's mm-hmm. something you don't just go down looking all the time at mediumship mechanics to develop just clairvoyance, clairsentience. That's fine. They're faculties of you. That's like taste, smell, touch that we do in our physical body. And that, and times other things, and physically, things will feel more present and, and that and more tactile. A hug will feel totally different from one person to another yeah. then as well. And then again, years to years later, I always knew there's only one person for me and now I'm just married to my husband. Oh. And, uh, and it turns out we were both giving up on searching at the same time. He was doing like practical magic as well like and I was going into my mindset well my dear my love wherever you are I love you blah 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 lo and behold Mm -hmm. I end up meeting someone that um, was more than likely in my life 30 years beforehand she used to be in the same dance school as my sister I used to sit outside the classroom every week when she went to her dance lesson and her his aunt then was best friends with my cousin Breeder, my first communicator oh my goodness so it was meant to be you probably were in each other's presence it's all snowballed in that way we were only together four weeks and the clairvoyance got stronger Mm -hmm. when we the week after the wedding we are both getting headaches and that we both felt dizzy and thought is this COVID is it I know we've just been on a boat is it just sea legs but we are both feeling that but Spirit said, when we were being away for that week, they were building energy in the house for me to work with my mediumship. Wow. And then our energy come together as we united more. So in my mind during the ceremony, and that it was like our auric fields were merging more together mm-hmm. as well. Like there's all this emergence of souls and that type of thing was occurring. Our, our wedding ceremony, people said they've never experienced anything like it. That was the emotion behind it or with the singing. Or, there was something different about it. And then included like the, the, um, the hotel staff. They said, we don't normally cry, but there was something different. We we're outside the room. We're not seeing what's going on. We, we, we can hear the singing, but that's it. But we couldn't look at each other and that we were crying. And 
I said, but I don't think I told you, but I'm a medium. And th I thought something was different. I knew something <laughs> was different. The room was filled with spirit. And I had a couple yeah. of other mediumship friends there and they were aware of that as well. So there was that unity of spirit at our ceremony as well as well. Our singers were trying in between songs. The, the, the gentleman on the keyboard, Mam met the singer a couple of weeks ago and she commented again how they couldn't stop crying between songs. And he said, the guy on the keyboard, like, he's a total professional. He was the music director for Riverdance. Like, again, the Riverdance <laughs> connection coming back in. Yeah. He was the first music director for Riverdance. So, like, I'm only copying that now with, the, with Johnny at the, the table. But for that to be all linked back in is incredible. Um, it was incredible. So spirit will allow these things to occur and allow your growth to happen as well. It'll be highs and lows. There has been lows during development as well. And I wanted to walk away and I've had many moments like in charms and I'm shouting up and screaming at the ceiling like I'm giving out to the elders. And other times I've absolutely loved it and been gobsmacked by it. And I can't believe the connections that are being made, the, the reuniting that's been happening from spirits and loved ones here um, and seeing people making moments in their own development where it's like they're gobstruck, gobsmacked that they've made this realisation that this is happening to me. Now it makes sense why X, Y and Z happened as well. Absolutely. Well, you know, I just have to say that we're so lucky to have you. We're so lucky to have you in the movement. You're so full of knowledge. And I think you're going to share your knowledge and teach so many more students. And the fact that you know so much about physical mediumship, I think is really wonderful um, because we need more of that. You know, I know there are some wonderful physical mediums in the world, but if you look at that compared to, you know, mediumship, mental mediumship, it's, there's yeah. so few of them. I don't know if you're Colin Fry. He was a carpet fitter and he went to John Austin to fit carpet. And turns out he was the medium they were looking for for a long time. He sat in circle oh, and his physical mediumship started. No, I didn't know that story. Well, yeah. I would just like to ask you, Declan, to share where people can find you for readings. And do you have a website or Facebook? Um, Facebook is I Am Spiritus. Um, Irish mediumship um, on YouTube and uh, Instagram. Okay. And actually, I don't have a website. Um, it's just, it's just, just um, or the, the other way, you can, there's, a little, there's a little bit of my mediumship on my fitness website, DeclanFlynn.fitness. Um, there's a little okay. section of mediumship on there, kind of of a mixture of things. Well, <laughs> I, I feel sorry I didn't give you a chance to ask too many questions. One thing just rolled to another. <laughs> That you know what that is the best podcast because people want to hear about your story, you know. So and you did it beautifully, and I thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much, Laura. You're welcome.